Hey everyone, uh, just a quick message to let you know that this is the last episode of the season. It's, you know, been a longer season than usual, you might have noticed, but we just kind of went with it. We just let it go on because we were so caught up in the momentum. Couple things to know. First of all, we will be back after a short break this summer. Secondly, subscribers will continue to get a bonus episode every week. Uh, and so if you would like to continue to get the podcast, even during our break, you can subscribe by clicking the link in our show notes. Regardless, if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you've benefited from the podcast, please consider leaving us a review. We would love to hear what you think, and we would so appreciate it. And then finally, just because we're on break doesn't mean you can't get in touch and ask questions. You can do so by clicking the voice note link in the show notes and leaving a voice note. Or you can always email Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. So have a fabulous summer. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you back here with season six. Can you believe it? Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Scene Director's Workshop, I've never done one before the other day. Ah! And this lady, I'm not going to say, like, whatever, she was like, okay, 99% of self-tapes are achingly slow. They're too slow, the pace is not there. And all I've heard and all I've seen on our set with our actors are they're living in the moment. They're taking their time. They're letting the scene breathe. And she was like, especially with comedies, every self-tape I see is too damn slow. So what's your thoughts on pace? Because I'm confused now. Okay. Um, so first of all, I do think, and I have given Arthur this note before because he'll put himself on tape and he'll send it to me and I'll, and I'll say, we, you've got to pick up the pace. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that you have to trust the moments and play it through because of the kind of piece he's in. He was in a dark comedy the first time I gave that note and much, much better this week. But one of the reasons I like, he did two takes. One of the reasons I liked the take was because he just trusted it and played it through. So I, I think, Austin, it's a matter of acting, quite frankly. I, I think it's a matter of, yes, you want to fill the moments. People like casting directors think it's pacing because they don't know what acting is. They think it's pacing. What they don't know is that it is really actors not filling moments. I mean, I can show you brilliant comedies and brilliant comedy performances where people take so much time you wouldn't believe it, but it's filled. It's, it, so it's, it's like, and I'm telling you something, it's a dangerous note. Um, my director friend, uh, Garland, he said, I think the director's job, the last thing the director does is put a pace on it. Act one is 28 minutes. Act two is 32 minutes. Act three is 26 minutes. And it was a note that went to the, the stage manager. It was in the stage manager's booth. 
And if the ladies went, three, uh, three actresses, if the ladies went over, the note was tell them and tell them to pick it up. I mean, it's because it meant they were taking too long. They were taking too long to film moments. And look, Austin, my God, nothing is more difficult than, than comedy. I, I swear. I have to tell you something. I learned how to play comedy watching this fabulous black actress, Pearl Bailey, do Hello, Dolly. And I got it. She threw away the whole performance. She just, the whole thing was like, honey, I, you know what? Horace Vandegella, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to marry you, honey. You go your way and I go mine. And I thought, that's how I like to play comedy. I'm just going to throw it away. And so anytime I had to play a comedy, I went a little, I went a little bit like that. You know, I, I just, I stole Pearly May's act. But I mean, it's just like, it's difficult. I think you have to watch a lot of it. I think you have to watch a lot of it and see what they do. Uh, when I direct comedies, which I haven't done that often, I often use a tennis ball. I use a tennis ball so that as you're ending your line, you toss the tennis ball and the person whose next line it is catches it and they say their line so that it, you get that rhythm going. I mean, and you have to use that. But, you know, watch how people play comedy. But again, I think the note that, that in these self-tapes that comedies are too slow is just dangerous. Because playing it, fa and, and you're absolutely right. It's there is a character living in a moment. And so the fact that you're a character living in a moment and happen to have a line like, you know, the angel Gabriel looking at the list of people who come into heaven, and you have a line like, oh, 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 I know. Back in the 70s, we went with the last name X. Look there. It's like you play it like it really exists and, and is really there. It's a different kind of comedy than Chekhov. But, you know, it's one of the reasons if we go back, and, and, and I add to this the same way, we go back to script analysis, when the first thing we did is look at the playwright. And the reason we looked at the playwright, Caleb has now figured out after two years of being in my script analysis class, the reason we look at the, at the playwright is not so we can give an oral report on the playwright. It's so that we know some, it's a, it's a free gift. It just like moves me into that place. If I don't know who the playwright is, then I really do have to look at it and figure out, okay, I'm looking for a line of dialogue here that gives me a clue. If it's bad writing, I can look at it and say, okay, well, what, what is it that I get as the thrust of the scene? Then I can do my work to find something interesting to do. I, I'm sorry you took that class, Austin. I could have helped you. So, so we, we watched The Office right after that. I'm like, this is nothing but awkward, slow, like, imperfection. Like, she would have ripped apart that show. And I don't think all comedy's got to go, like, go, go, go. I think some of the best moments are, like, I don't know, not 
fast pacing or slow pacing. No, it's got nothing to do with it. No, it's got nothing to do with it. I brought up a Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I, I mean, you have to look at Curb Your Enthusiasm and you have to say, I get it. This is totally absurd comedy. This is such dark comedy, it's ridiculous. And the episode that I happened to watch was an episode where somebody wanted to bring a survivor to dinner. And Larry David thought that was a really good idea. And so he invited his friend who was a Holocaust survivor. Well, the survivor they were bringing to dinner was on, had been on the TV series, The Survivor. And so the two of them argued about who had it worse. I mean, do you see what I mean? It's like you have now moved into this absurd world. Well, you have to figure out how to play that. You know, you have to ha- how to play that. And if, and, and if you've worked on it and studied it, you know the way that you play it is, you know, dead seriously with, with, without an attitude. But, I mean, that's the sort of thing that you do. Pacing will kill you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, all right. Well, since you brought it up, I wasn't sure how I was going to do this. So Walker and I keep getting, you know, we get a lot of emails. And so I got an email this morning about auditioning. And I wasn't going to bring it up. And then I decided to record this because Walker might want to use it. You just never know with him. I've highlighted some things that James from Florida wrote. See, James, and I happen to know he's from Florida because I, as you know, I have deep feelings for anyone who's in Florida. Okay, and I've highlighted the things. I've, I've heard literally they can see within seconds if they're interested or not. Another highlight, several actors felt that they were better actors than a couple of actors who were finding steady work. The crux of the argument is the actors getting the roles are able to do so because of a better amount of credits on IMDb. If there are, say, three final actors for a particular role, their CD would push one. To, even if another actor had a better audition, the credits would be the final factor to pick the actor they give to the role. The other actor may have stood out in an audition, but the production has a certain pace to keep, and they will go with the known over the talented unknown. Okay. But I thought they were good questions, and I just thought we'd take a minute to address these issues. Um, okay, so the first thing is, having been auditioning actors for decades, I do not recall ever sitting in a production meeting or sitting with the director where we discussed one of two actors that w- we couldn't make up our mind which one to use. 
I, I'm telling you something. This has never happened. It is always clear. I mean, we, we, really, seriously, I, I would love to hear that we had a discussion but between, oh, I don't know, should I? You, it, it's like, it just never happens. It is all, so certain things are always clear. Um, it, and that's really the issue. Now, kind of coupled with that, I would say, one of the things he says that we can see within seconds if they're interested or not, that is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. It is the reason, I think, when you slate and you say, uh, my name is Amanda Blattner, um, I'm a militant lesbian ex-nun, and I live in Connecticut. So as soon as you say that, it's like, I know. I know it seems weird, but back when we had live auditions, the rule was we want the part to walk in the room, and that is true. You have to understand casting directors do not know what acting is. It will confuse them if you can act. It's, all, it's almost, don't tell anybody you can act. Um, it, because it will confuse them. So you're going to absolutely, just from the second we see you, we know right away. You know, people say, oh, no, don't do character. They're absolutely wrong. I don't know who these people are that say that, but I'm, I sit in producer rooms. I mean, we look at these. Um, so, yes, we know. One of the reasons that I am so adamant that you have a preparation that, as Carson has now given us the word, bleeds into the text, is that the preparation is to put you in the mindset of the character in the circumstances that you're in. So all of the technique tools we have are useful. The fact that I can build the place and live in the place. The fact that I, all of these things are important. That I know who I am living in the place. That I'm living off my partner. That I have a clear impulse for the scene. Or if you want to be technical, you can use the word action. But it's like the impulse is, I know what's going on. So the fact that I have the impulse for the scene, that's what I see. I'm looking at a tape and I can see, I can see you're absolutely in that moment before you talk. And you're not waiting to talk, waiting to act until you start to speak. And it's just really important. I think that's true about coming on stage. I don't think you come on stage to act. I think you're in the play and then you walk on stage. So all of that is, is really, really important. You know, and how do you do it? You talk out what's going on. You talk out what's going on as long as you need to talk out what's going on. And then you don't have to talk out so much. I start very, 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 very wide. I can talk out for 10 minutes if I need to about what's going on in the scene. And then I repeat it. 
And the next time, it doesn't take so long because I already own what I just talked out. And the next time, it takes less. And the next time, it takes even less. And every time I talk it out, it takes me less and less time because I am not there to repeat my homework. I am there. I trust that it's there. And I don't have to build that again. Does that make sense? In other words, I don't have to keep building the same thing over and over and over again. So I can, I can slowly build that I'm sitting in a car with my wife who is so adorable. I still can't believe. Okay, so I build that. Next time I do it, I don't have to build that. I already have it. And so by the time I get down to it, now, the joy of putting yourself on tape, I can talk out as long as I want, and then I can cut it out. I do think one of the things, Sharon, I, I talked about is this idea you have to live it all day long. That is lunacy, of course. Uh, I still would love to know how that poor kid that played Elvis is doing. He's apparently lived for three years as Elvis. I mean, I, I, who even does that? Uh, you know, I mean, that to me is like, that's beyond psychotic and dangerous. I mean, I know Daniel Day-Lewis does it, but, you know, he's had episodes. So that's, that makes sense. It is true. James is right. Within seconds, I can tell. Several actors felt that they were better than a couple of the actors who are finding steady work. <laughs> of course, my comment to that is, well, duh. <laughs> it's like. Of course you think you can do it better than the people working. My God, you wouldn't be an actor if you didn't think that. I wouldn't trust you. I mean, I don't want to sit with Austin when he watches Streetcar and watch him watch Marlon Brando. I mean, I, because I know what I'm going to hear. It's like, I can't play that as well as Brando did. You know, I mean, what actor doesn't think they can do it better than the people that are working? That goes with the territory. Once in a while. Once in a while, you look at somebody's work and think, damn, that's good. That's the level I want to be at. But you all have that less and less. You mostly can do it with dead actors. I also think it's bogus. And I, I, to me, actors often invent problems that aren't there to justify why they're not getting work. So I think actors invent the problem that, oh, the people with with more credits are getting work because they have more credits. And that's the reason I'm not getting. Oh, and by the way, an ex of mine once said to me, oh man, Whew. I got star fucked. And I said, what do you mean? They said, yeah, they went with Brad Pitt. My immediate thought was, so do you think that had they not gone with Brad Pitt, they would have gone with you? I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music is by Jeffrey Keezer. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, you can find us online, I Don't Need an Acting Class.com. And uh, you can continue to send your questions to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you back here next week.